Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where supermodifieds are king. Methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker. Well, happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the new and improved Inside Groove, presented by IPC Indy, and with a nod to Skip's Fish Fry as well for their support. My name is Tom Baker, and I am joined by my co-host, Camden Proud, Oswego Speedway racer and PR director, and we have got a really interesting show today. We've got a couple of drivers we're going to be hearing from that Camden had a chance to talk to this week. Anthony Lacerdo and Barry Kingsley and Cam, I actually am excited to hear from both of them because obviously they're both part of the newest venture that the Oswego Speedway has undertaken, which is the 350 Superclass. And I'm excited to see both of those guys in that class. Yes, exactly. Me too. Um, it's hard to believe it's episode two already. Had a great time last week and got the chance to go out and talk to both of those guys this week and i'm really looking forward to hearing from our first two guests yeah it you know that that new 350 super class is actually taking on a pretty nice life early even before anybody hits the track it seems like there are probably a dozen or so that are ready to come out of the box am, am i off on that number at all I'm hoping you're not off. We do have a dozen or so registered. I'm not sure if we'll have that many for opening day next weekend, but I do think we can have a solid eight or nine, hopefully for the first show. Um, That's really what our goal is, I think, right now. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a good idea, and I think it's an idea whose time has come, and I do think that uh, everybody's fear about it hurting the SBS division has been Thankfully, I would say a little bit overstated because um, it seems like the SBS class fairly healthy as well. In fact, Lacerdo, I think, is doing double duty, isn't he? He's not really sure yet, actually. Oh, okay. That was one of the first questions I asked him in the interview, and you'll kind of hear his answer a little bit later in the show, but they will have both cars at the track weekly. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to to see how that plays out. And, of course, uh, Barry graduating up from the SBS division to the uh, 350 super class. And so I think if uh, Chris will get ready to hit a button here, let's go right to uh, Anthony's interview and hear from Anthony Lacerdo. Talking with Pathfinder Bank small block super veteran Anthony Lacerdo. Anthony, you've spent a lot of years in the small block super class and this year have the opportunity to jump into a 350 super modified. Imagine you're really excited for the season, but first I wanted to discuss the run you had last year. Brand new FFB chassis, brand new team in Missile Motorsports and Mark Castilia, and you guys knocked it out of the park to put together a championship season. Can you touch on the kind of year you had? Yeah, I mean, right out of the box, we had a fast car, Dan Denny. He built what I believe to be one of the best FFBs he's ever made. And um, obviously, Marcus Delia gave us everything we needed weekly to be competitive. And right out of the box at Evans Mills, we went up there and had some of the better cars and walked away with the race. And we just tried carrying that momentum over to Oswego. And we started the season with a few podiums. And we just never really looked back. We just tried to have the best run we could every weekend. And it actually came down to being close with with Ross towards the end there, so glad we came out on top, but it was definitely one of the better seasons we've ever had, for sure. 
you mentioned your podiums, picked up a few wins, and it really seemed like no matter where you put your car on the track, it stuck. You literally went from the back to the front on a few occasions, and it did appear kind of right off the bat that you were virtually the guy to beat. But you've always been a strong runner, and I think you'd agree in saying that was probably the best season you've had, as you said. And having uh, Dan Denny and your father in your corner, I'm sure, was a big part of that. Yeah, Dan and my dad, I believe, are two of the smartest guys to touch these FBSs, and uh, they really joined forces last year with a brand-new team, brand-new car, and they just put their heads together, and obviously it worked out. We were one of the quicker cars every time that car hit the track, and a lot of people like to give me the credit, but I'm just a lucky guy that gets wheel their race cars because they really know what they're doing, man. Yeah, talk about your Oswego career, though. You started back several years ago now when you were in high school, and I know it's been your lifelong dream to just win features at Oswego, maybe even just to race here, and, and now you're the defending track champion. What does that mean to you going into a new season here? Yeah, we're going to try to carry the momentum. I mean, when I started back when I was 14, I think I was a sophomore in high school at the time. Um, I just I was nervous. I had butterflies every time we went to the track, and we were just there trying to get the best finish we could, and over the years, we've picked up some wins, and I've slowly gained a lot of confidence in myself on the racetrack. And like I said last year, these guys put an incredible race car underneath me, and with confidence, and it was just everything worked out last year, and the results kind of just played along. So you have that incredible season behind you, and now before we get to the 350 stuff, what's the plan for the Small Black Super this year? I've heard a few rumors that maybe it would be someone else in the car. Will that be the case, or are you going to come back to defend your title? Um, we're going to take all of the, all of the three, we have two SPSs and three Thursday. we're going to take all three cars up to practice Saturday, and how it plays out, Mark Castilia, he's going to try driving that one car, maybe Dave Latula, maybe myself, we're all just, we're going to play around, shake the cars down, and we'll decide from there, we're still in for what we're going to do with that, one of our cars. And you mentioned Dave Latula, he jumped in sort of towards the very end of last season as your teammate and also made it to victory lane on championship night, and he seems to be running really good as well. Yeah, I'm glad to have Dave as my teammate. We've, me and him have been friends for as long as I can remember growing up racing go-karts, and you know, my dad have been buddies. And He's a great real man. He hasn't really had the best of opportunities in his years there, and he raced one race with us, and you see what happens, so... He's going to have to be this year for sure. I can't, can't count that kid out. Right, I agree. And and last season, like I said, it had to be exciting times for you. You win the championship. You get to celebrate that at the banquet. And then shortly thereafter, you learn, oh, by the way, I'm going to have the chance to race a super next season in the Speedway's brand-new division. Talk a little bit about how that came about and your first reactions to this new 350 class. We, we were shopping last year for a super, and we never really pulled the trigger. It's a big bullet to bite right there, buying a big lock and the chassis and everything and, and the word got out that this class was going to be made and it was pretty much exactly what we needed to go get a super because that big lock was just a little out of our price range and uh, we're excited man, it's what we've always wanted I know it's not not the top class but it's the stepping stone it's, that gets us the car, we don't have the motor yet but we've got the car and we'll be learning all about the supers this year we've never messed with a super and it's definitely a whole different ball game so great learning experience for me as a driver my crew in the garage it's definitely a good thing for our team certainly just getting to get behind the wheel of a super modified chassis like you said is definitely going to help do you think that's maybe your ultimate goal down the road to get into the big block absolutely that's always been my goal I'm, like i said i grew up watching super modified super modified racing as 
always been my favorite race, and then we're close. We proved ourselves in the limited, and hopefully we can continue to prove ourselves now behind the wheel of a super modified. Maybe someday we'll get the chance to go play black racing. Kind of on the second step up the ladder now on your way towards potentially getting the chance to get behind the wheel of a big block car, hopefully down the road. But as far as the 350, what are your goals in the new division this year? How do you think it's going to go car count-wise, competitive-wise, and things like that? Well, I think this year is just going to be more of a, a learning curve for everybody. It's a new class, new motors. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. I hope we get quite a few cars opening week. We're going to be there every week just trying to support and promote this class. We think it's a great thing for the Speedway, and just adding an extra class is going to be great for the Speedway. And our goal is we're going to try to go and get some wins. You know, we're, we're one of the top cars. We believe in that class, and uh, I don't know. We'll see how the season shakes out. It should be fun for sure. It is definitely going to be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. Obviously, New England region is the kind of predominant area for this class of cars, hoping to kind of get some of the guys from New England to come down this year and join us. And I talked to Barry Kingsley earlier and asked him the same question. Are you guys going to be possibly venturing out to Star or any tracks like that when you can later in the season after a swig goes over? Yeah, absolutely. We I didn't know they were racing these past two weekends. We might have went up there and ran with them. Those are... Obviously, right now, those are the best of the best in the 350 class, and um, we'd like to see where we pair up with them and uh, obviously get some seat. I've never been behind a Super Modified before, so the seat time would have just been nice before the season starts to swiggle. But, um, yeah, I hope a lot of our guys go up there and support them, and I hope when they get the chance, those guys come down here and race against us. It, it'll be fun if we can mix it all up. So Oswego opening its season with a open practice session this Saturday from 1 to 5. That'll be your first track time in a Super. Anthony, I'm sure you'll have a great year. Before we end the interview, I wanted to give you a chance to thank your team, your sponsors, crew, and everybody that makes it happen for you on a week-to-week basis at Oswego. Obviously, Marcus Delia, first and foremost, um, like I said last year, we would have been sitting out and Mark approached us with the team, and it was the best decision I've ever made in my racing career. He's given us everything we need, and we're, we're one of the top teams at the Speedway right now. I think that's what we're sports And um, my dad, he's one of the. He's so smart. I I honestly haven't known much about these cars in the past five years. I've learned so much from him. And um, Zach, Stu, all my guys, Cass, Jared, my little brother, my mom, all my sponsors, JP Jewelers. Uh, Paul's Big M, Castilia Lawn Care. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something. That's not a good time. CH Sandwich. I think that's all. Well, if not, we'll be sure to list all your sponsors uh, with the press release that's going to come out with this interview. Hawk, thanks for joining us on Inside Groove, and we wish you a lot of luck this season. All right. Thanks, buddy. Well, that was uh, Anthony Lacerdo in Camden. It's obvious that he's pretty pumped up to be stepping up to the 350 class. And I think, if nothing else, um, that's what this class needs to be, is it needs to be an opportunity for the drivers who come into the SBS class to have somewhere to go. It's such a drastic cost difference still between the SBS and the, the full super modified that having a class in between like the 350 makes all the sense in the world. At least it gets him the car, as he said, and it gets him closer and gets him some experience if he can then find the resources to step up to the big class in a year or two years, he'll be ready to do that. 
Yeah, Tom, I completely agree. And uh, speaking of the backing, he wanted to make sure he thanked his other sponsor, Farmers Insurance, as well for all of their support heading into this season and also last season. But it is definitely great to now have that kind of class in the middle, like you said, in between the small block supers and the big blocks, which are obviously the very expensive class at, at this point. But you also have your entry-level class in the small block supers, kind of for anybody that wants to get their feet wet and get experience. And now we have that middle jump. It's a super-modified chassis. It's going to get you that driving experience you need before making the step potentially into a big block car. And I'm glad that our local drivers around here, some of our small block drivers, are now going to have that opportunity. Yeah, I agree. And it's one of those situations where I don't feel like the – the 350 class does anything negative to the SBS class at all. I think everybody always has a choice where they want to be. If it's in the SBS class, then the 350 class, or the big block class. And I really feel like this is going to be a great thing over time um, to have that class there. And if there's 12 cars, great. If there's 20 cars, great. Um, you know, it's all going to average out the way it needs to, but at least it gets more super modifieds on the track and gives the fans something else to watch on uh, Saturday nights. And that's nothing but a good thing in my, in my mind. And by the way, I love the paint scheme that uh, Hawk's using on the cars this year. It looks gorgeous. I just think that's both cars are really sharp looking, and I think he's going to have are. a good year in both divisions for sure. I definitely do, too. He had all the speed in the world last year in the small black car and was definitely the guy to beat. Uh, like we were saying, I think he's got a great car, and uh, I would definitely pick him as, as my favorite if I were picking somebody going into opening week to get the first win in this class. Well, can't uh, dispute that because he does know the track as well as probably just about anybody that's going to be racing in that division. So uh, very cool and good to hear from Anthony. Wish him all the luck in the world. Speaking of sponsors, we've got two really good sponsors that uh, are really a part of this show in a big way. And one of them is Jeff West in IPC Indy. He's going to be up uh, about four or five times, I think he said, with his car. And I'm really excited uh, that Jeff's going to be a part of this show for the year. And if you need anything, uh, body, anything that is composite-related, IPC Indy is the place to go for it. Their website is ipcindy.com, and he absolutely, he, he builds for NASCAR, IndyCar, Supermodifieds, just about anything. So if you need something done, uh, call him. And, uh, you know, if he can't do it, uh, it probably can't be done, it seems like. So he does a lot within the sport of racing and has really built a successful business out in Indianapolis over the years. I know what, uh, how hard Jeff's worked to get to where he is, and uh, he's done a good job. So we want to thank Jeff and all the folks at IPC Indy for being a part of this show. Uh, you've got a practice coming up, Oswego does, on Saturday. Before we get to Barry's interview, tell us a little bit about what's going on on Saturday with the open practice. Yes, just definitely looking forward to getting cars on the track and hopefully finally having this horrible, awful weather we've had up here break. It has rained for three or four straight days now. Wow. All the tracks are canceling, whether it's dirt or pavement. The grounds are saturated. Uh, it's still pretty damp up at Oswego, but the maintenance crews have been really hard at work. The The surface is in pretty good shape, and everything has kind of started to be been cleaned up from the long winter that we've had. It seems like it's Kind of still winter. It was only 40 degrees here the other day, and we're supposed Yikes. to have stars on the track on Saturday. But uh, we are looking forward to it. Do expect a lot of a lot of cars to come and take advantage of the extra practice time before the season gets underway next weekend. 
I won't uh, frustrate you by telling you what the temperatures are going to be here in Charlotte this weekend, but uh, a little bit warmer than that. But we certainly do wish you guys well up there, obviously. That open practice is a big deal, especially this year with the new class and a lot of new uh, cars and teams in both the SBS and the 350 class. Who are we expecting to see Saturday at the open practice? Quite a few people, actually. I wasn't I wasn't sure what exactly the reception would be of it because I know um, a lot of guys are still kind of waiting to get their wings ready to go, maybe planning on testing during the week next week. But I have talked to quite a few drivers who plan to be there. Otto Sitterly, defending champion, will be there, obviously. He loves to take advantage of as much track time as he can. And, and that's just... That's just Otto. Every week, whether he's won the last three races or, or no matter no matter where he's finished, he's almost always there on a Friday testing, and he's taking advantage of the early track time this year. And not surprising at all to to see Otto, the defending champion, doing that. And that's why he has been a champion uh, eight times over now. And he'll be joined by his new teammate Allison Cummins Slode, who I'm really looking forward to seeing how she does in her bid for rookie of the year in the Super Class. It's going to be really interesting to me to see how uh, Allison adapts. She did good with the wing when she was running with the Isma Tour. I always thought she had a lot of talent, and she handled the car really, really well. Had a couple of good runs at Oswego, too. But, of course, this is a pretty big step up, I think, in terms of being a, having to take the wing off. It's a different driving style when you do that. You really got to, you know, the wing plants the car. So I don't want to say it makes it easier to drive, but, you know, I think it uh, is a little more stable, obviously. So um, it'll be interesting to right. me to see how she adapts. But I've got really high hopes for Allison Slode this year. She is a real, she is the real deal when it comes to racers. She can drive a car. She sure can. I've enjoyed watching her and, and Ismo over the years. I thought a few years ago we'd have our first queen of wings in the Ismo race. Yeah. And she, go figure, actually finished runner-up to Otto in that race, and, and not by much. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how she does weekly. I know there's already a lot of people picking her to win features, and that's probably putting a little bit more pressure on her than she would like, but... I would not be surprised at all if that happened. I don't know. I think Allison's the type of personality that uh, can kind of block that out. I think she would, I almost believe she would expect that of herself. I think she she works really hard to to go out and learn the craft. And she she's, like I said, she's always shown the ability. The, the car control is a big deal. And you see in a lot of racers, let alone, you know, female racers, the you know that you can tell whether they've got good car control skills or not and if she you know she accomplished what she did with the wing on top i have a pretty good feeling that uh, i mean she's going to be in the best equipment she can be in so i don't have any doubt that she's going to be up front uh, contending once she gets used to the difference between driving you, you know it's it's all about programming right so you have a a program in your head for how to drive it without the wing and a program for with the wing so once she gets used to um and of course it's kind of different for everybody this year, I guess, with the back wing on it. Uh, you know, only Brandon Bellinger has had any experience with that. That's right. It's, it's going to be just a really interesting start to the season. There's so much buzz and excitement uh, around town here about this new wing. What is this new wing? What's going on? How fast are the cars going to go? So I think we'll have a lot of fans that come up to the track on Saturday that are really excited to see how these cars are going to perform. It's the first time in a really long time we've had a significant rule change that's completely changed the look of these cars so it's kind of a big deal 
Well, and in that, uh, you know, talking about Saturday, one of the things that's going to be cool is I saw that Skip's Fish Fry is actually doing a big half price deal on Saturday, which gives us a moment to once again pay a nod to uh, one of our other sponsors for this show, Skip's Fish Fry. Um, you know, they, as we mentioned last week, they're not only are they going to have their fish on sale at the track, but they're bringing back Garofalo's Italian sausage and. I'm seeing now that he's going to get the fry ho- the old style Fryhofer hot dog rolls that everybody used to rave about. He sure is. He's going to have those special rolls that the fans fell in love with. He's got the track style French fries. He's going to bring back combo meals. You've got the Garofalo's famous sausage, corn dogs, hot dogs, fresh haddock sandwiches. It's the only authentic New England style fish fry anywhere in the area. So. We were really lucky to have him at Oswego Speedway and really grateful to have him supporting Inside Groove as well. Well, we want to thank Sean Cathcart for that. Uh, Skip's Fish Fry is the place to go. If you want fish in Oswego, it is the place to go. Simple as that. It's my favorite place to eat uh, fish in Oswego, and I have no <laughs> I have no lack of excitement about talking about Skip's Fish Fry. I, I keep seeing his ad on Facebook, and it makes me hungry every time I see it. So I want to thank Skip's, and if you're there at the open practice and you want to eat, that's the place to go and uh, you can get a good meal at a very affordable price. And, you know, one of the things about open practice that I always enjoyed is it's our first chance to get literally a look at the cars. Are you going to be participating in the open practice on Saturday, or do I even have to ask? I'm not actually going to be there with the car. Wow. I'm stunned. (laughs) No, we we just... uh... It's close. It's it's really close to ready. We we could be there if we scrambled, but we're not gonna we're not gonna rush it. So kind of piecing the body together, okay. tying up a few loose ends and, and things like that. Got to wire the car, scale it, and square it, and, and kind of finish up the graphics. But other than that, it's it's ready to go and it's looking good. And we're looking forward to bringing it out for a midweek test on opening week. Well, the reason that I ask that is because. See, like I said, one of the things I get most excited about is literally seeing what everybody's cars look like every year. And Me too. Yeah, you sort of uh, – I, I think I can do this without you killing me. You sort of snuck me an advanced look at what your car is going to look like. I'm not going to give anything away. I'm just going to tell everyone that's listening to this show that when they see the, the Camden Proud's car, they see your car, that is a – you you went with a color that I had almost completely forgotten about that existed in the Swiggo Speedway's history. <laughs> it's going to be cool for people to see that. You guys picked a great color and did a great job. And with that, I think we need to shut up and let uh, the fans hear from another one of our racers. We've got an interview with Barry Kingsley. And, you know, I've known Barry a long, long time. And I thought it was a big deal when he got into the SBS division and had his chance to go racing and have a good time and have fun. And he was actually successful um, in the SBS division. And now here we go. Not only is he jumping up to the 350 Superclass, but he, too, has gone with a retro paint scheme that resembles the old Joe Paino, Fireman Joe Paino 06 from back in 1978. And this is a green car that is just gorgeous. It's uh, I can't say enough for the paint scheme he's got on this. It looks beautiful. And I'm really uh, anxious to hear what he's got to say. So, Chris, go ahead and punch a button and let us hear from Barry Kingsley. 
Pathfinder Bank Small Block Super Veteran Barry Kingsley going to make the move up to the 350 Super Division this season. Piloting the number 06 car for Craig Soper and Lakeside Property Services. Barry would be hard-pressed to find someone who supports Oswego as much as you do. Your cars are at every show or appearance we hold, and you've been a weekly small block super competitor for about 10 years. You're at every fundraiser, and you just love the sport, and now you finally have the chance to race a super. I'd imagine that's a pretty special opportunity for you this year. Well, yeah, of course it is. Uh, you know, the, the natural progression of the upgrade is would be going from uh, SPS car into big block modifieds, and uh, that gap, uh, financial-wise, is just something I couldn't do. So when they announced this uh, new 350 Super Class, it was uh, something I talked over with Craig and, and uh, Craig Soberby of uh, Lakeside Property Services. It was something he was interested in, and um, we were able to get a couple of cars, and uh, I got one of them and have done the conversion, and I'm pretty, pretty excited about uh, getting to the track. I know you had just sold your small block super at the end of the last season, and, and you're a pretty big limited guy. Fortunately, that car will be back as a weekly entry this year with Travis Bartlett, but you knew kind of right off the bat that you had a motor that would work for the 350 class. Did it cross your mind? I mean, what was your initial reaction when Oswego broke that news about the new addition? Uh, well, um, because I did have the motor in, um, from my uh, SBS car, that is pretty much the uh, cornerstone on what the team was built with. Um, you know, knowing I had a motor available to put in the car, and um, that was one expense that uh, Craig and I weren't going to have to uh, come up with out of pocket right away. So that is, uh, that's pretty much what really got it all started. Uh, like I said, he got a good deal on the cars, and uh, we've done the conversion and um, spent a lot of money doing that. So if we'd had to come up with a motor... Uh, as well, it probably wouldn't have happened. Right, and Craig is is a really passionate guy. For the fans that don't know, he's been a super fan for for many many years. Kind of talk a little bit about his involvement in the sport, if you can. He's he's been a longtime fan and supporter of the racetrack as well. Uh, he's really brought it on um, pretty heavily the last uh, three or four years since he started his own business, uh, Lakeside Property Services. He he understands the value of getting his name out of uh, all the fans and um, the crowds that go to Oswego to watch the races. Um, that coupled with the fact that he is a, uh, a longtime fan of the Speedway and the racing, he's been on several crews, uh, um, most recently uh, Louis LeVay Seniors and Juniors crews. Um, he's worked with uh, Ryan Coleman in the past. Uh, he's worked with Mark Van Leuven in the past. And uh, so it, it, just a combination of all those things that uh, Craig does um, led to him becoming a car owner for me. And I would imagine it, it means a lot to Craig to finally have that opportunity. I know he got a great deal on two cars, actually. You'll have a new teammate now was originally supposed to be Greg O'Connor in the car. He decided he wanted to step back and focus on the small block, and now Mike Bruce will be stepping in the seat of the other ride. Uh, right. Um, Mike, uh, Mike took possession of that car a little over, probably just a little over a week ago from Greg O'Connor, um, and is finishing up the conversion on that that Greg had started. Um, they've got a long ways to go, um, just locating some parts and piecing it all together. Uh, so it's going to be close for them to be ready on opening day. But uh, 
if anybody can do it, I know uh, Mike Bruce and uh, the guys he has around helping him can do it. So it sounds like Mike is set for the full season. Hopefully you're set for the full season. You'll be flying the Lakeside Property Services banner on the side of the car, but it's also a very special tribute scheme to a former super modified racer, Joe Paino. You guys debuted that at the Syracuse Expo a couple months ago, and it turned out awesome. Well, I uh, I appreciate that. I'm really uh, um, happy with the way that the tribute car came out. Um yeah, I've got a lot of positive uh, feedback from the old-time fans that remember Joe uh, as a super-modified driver, um, uh, great mechanic, uh, all-around nice guy. Um, you know, I, I really need to, to let everybody know how this comes came about. Um, Craig's girlfriend is Tracy Paino, who is the daughter of Joe Paino. Um, and when Joe passed uh, two years ago, it just, um, you know, left a big hole in in the family and in, in the friends that, that Joe has. Um, so it was just a, a natural, you know, natural decision to to honor him and go with that throwback scheme. I'm sure it means a lot to the family. I know Tracy was very excited to see it at the Motorsports Expo. Definitely going to be one of the sharpest, if not the sharpest, looking 350 Super Modifieds on the track this year. You have a lot of a swiggle experience, several years in the small block class. Had some success, a couple wins, lots of top five finishes. What is your goal? That, that, what would you like to see yourself accomplish before the year is out in the 350 class? Well, you know, um, I, I kind of... I'm kind of putting the class goals ahead of my personal goals right now. Um, I'm a little worried about car count beginning of the beginning of the season, but I know it's going to grow as the season goes. Um, but uh, I want to see this whole class turn into a competitive, um, lower finance demands as, as compared to a big black super. Um, you know, I just... Uh, um, I, I guess I'm just really excited about and, and, and hope that the whole class takes off and it becomes a, a, uh, a viable third class for the Speedway. And you mentioned the class taking off and you have a lot of small block super experience, but you're not the only small block guy that's kind of transitioning over to this class. There's also Anthony Lacerdo, Dalton Doyle, we mentioned Mike Bruce. And how do you think your small block super experience will kind of transition over? It's, it's definitely a different car, but... Having all those years of experience at a swig won't hurt you. Uh, no, I, I don't think anybody of uh, you know any of those drivers that you mentioned are going to have a hard time doing the transition. Um, we're all racers. We've all got hundreds, if not thousands, of laps around the Swigo Speedway. Um, you know the cars are going to take a small adjustment, but at the end of the day, they're still race cars. They still have shocks and springs and tires and an engine. Um, you know, and, and like I said, those all those drivers you mentioned are very successful at Oswego Speedway, and they have great teams behind them. And this class also thrives out in, in New England primarily. Star and Lee, they also have the, the 350 Smack Tour that started up out there. Do you guys have plans that you know of as of now to maybe venture out to some other tracks? Of course, we also hope that some of our New England guys will, will join us at Oswego. Plan was to uh, maybe drag my 06 car out there and um, race on some of the off weekends that Oswego has. But after comparing schedules, 
the um, the nights that the three fifties are off or the speedway is closed at Oswego, they are also not running them at Star. They have a couple of special shows where they've taken the three fifties off the schedule to bring in late model races and modified races uh, as well. So the opportunity to go out there and race uh, is 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 pretty slim. Um, during the, during the whole season. Of course, we plan on going out there after the Oswego season is complete for the Star Classic. Huge race, uh, combination event with the Isma Super Modifies and the 350 Supers will also be a part of it. So 350 Super Modified Racing, very healthy in the New England region, and hopefully soon we'll have it very healthy in central and upstate New York as well. Looking forward to some great 350 Super action at Oswego this year. A nice field for classic weekend the smack tour brought in a great car count for its inaugural event at oswego one year ago and expect to see more of the same this year it's not a smack sanctioned event but we do expect a pretty big field on classic weekend because star is off that day uh right and um you know those i think there were 17 or 18 maybe 19 cars that came down for classic weekend um i'm hoping that uh those guys from new england come down and race classic weekend as well um Added in with the Oswego regulars, that would really be a, uh, a really good show, uh, a good addition to the Classic Sunday schedule. And, um, you know, who knows, maybe maybe some of those guys will be able to come down during the season and, uh, you know, do a, a maybe like a test and tune for themselves for that Classic weekend on a regular Saturday night. Uh, I, know, I know they would be a welcome addition to the, to the field on, on a regular race night. Well, Barry, we're definitely looking forward to seeing you out there in the 350 Super and wish you the best of luck. Lakeside Property Services, Craig Sober, any other people you'd like to shout out that make this happen for you? Well, of course there's Craig and uh, Lakeside Property Services. Um, I've also got my longtime sponsor uh, in Paul Stepien in the Front Door Tavern. Uh, Ashley Lynn Winery is coming back this year to uh, help uh, with the debut of the new car. Um, nice Price Auto Services. DNS landscaping, um, plus uh, a, a couple. And I've got some new ones on the hook, but I, I can't, um, you know, I can't say yet until it's a done deal. Uh, but I've got some. I've also got some good friends that have helped out, uh, lending a hand and um, with uh, working on the car and a little bit financially. So I got to say thanks to them. Um, but uh, the opportunities, the opportunities, still there. If anybody wants to add on and become a partner that they, they would certainly help as i said barry it's hard to find somebody that has as much passion for us wiggle speedway as you do so for anybody that's looking to sponsor or support uh car give barry a call and uh, he definitely does have a nice support system already set up going into his rookie season in the 350 super class barry thanks for joining us on inside groove and we wish you a lot of luck uh you bet uh really enjoyed the show last week and uh glad to see that um there's more avenues and, and more ways for the super modified fans throughout the country to uh, to get educated and, and find out what's going on at the Oswego Speedway. All right, that was Barry Kingsley, and uh, you know what, Cam? That was actually a very interesting and informative interview. I thought Barry and Anthony both did themselves proud today. Uh, two really good interviews, and I'm impressed with. Uh, what Barry's got going in this this season with the 350 Super, and I'm really uh, thankful that he explained the background behind why he went with the Joe Paino throwback scheme, and it makes perfect sense now that I hear it. It sure does, and I'm glad he did as well. 
when I was at the Motorsports Expo, I actually helped them kind of push the car into the building, and I believe that was the first time Tracy, Joe's daughter, got to see it, and she had tears in her eyes, and it wow. was an emotional moment for her, and that was very, very cool to see. The car is just immaculate. Well, you know, for those who are listening to this who don't know the background that Joe had, Joe actually started as, a, I guess you could say, a crew member on Jimmy Champagne's cars, and was helping Jimmy out when he'd go out of town or whatever, and that's kind of how he learned how to go racing, and then he became, he was a fireman uh, with the city of Oswego and became one of Oswego's uh, track officials, a member of the safety crew, and then started driving, I think in 74 was when he uh, he started. He started in an old Nolan Swift chassis, then built his own car, in I think seventy six maybe I want to say had his own chassis that he built and actually ran pretty well with it and then when he had the opportunity he sold his car to uh, I think it was Tony Naraki or somebody I can't remember who bought it for for sure right off the oh Ken Wheelock I think was the guy's name that bought it and um, then he he bought the 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 dates chassis that. Uh, this paint scheme refers back to um, and raced it in 1978. It was uh, Warren Conium's 46 originally in 77 that Warren sold mid-season to Del Meeks, and that's when the car got painted green and it had a deuce on it. it was the number two, and Del flipped it violently in the classic and then I think just felt like... Um, you know, he needed to, to just go do something different and decided to get out of the sport. And uh, the car was for sale. Joe went and bought it. And boy, he had some great runs with it. Um, you know, he came in with that car at a time when Jimmy and Chuck Siprich and Freddie Graves and Kempton had uh, started building the offsets. So, you know, he was he knew that it wasn't a winning car, but he had some thirds, fourths and fifths with it, won a couple heats and just a. Uh, that was a, a, a to to me to see that uh, to see that paint scheme. It's one of my all time favorite paint schemes. And to see that come back is just really special and a great way to pay tribute to a driver who's a, a true gentleman of the sport. He actually ended up driving. I think he drove for Kemp Dates for a little bit and ran for Steve Miller on and off as well before he finally um, stopped driving for good. Um, we all miss Joe. Joe was a great guy and uh, always had time for the fans, which was really cool. So. Um, Speaking of the 350s, do you have uh, an idea of who we can, who is on the roster? Who who is racing in this class this year? How many cars do we have pre-entered? And give us an idea of uh, who fans can expect to see or look to see throughout the season. Right. So we do have about a dozen cars pre-entered right now, and maybe the most exciting part of it for me is as a small block guy for the past five years is to see a lot of my former competitors get the chance in a super modified. And yeah. I know Barry being one of them, there's a lot of guys that have always wanted that opportunity. And my uncle Chris is actually another one of those people who's going to be in a 350 this year. And all his life, always wanted to do is race a super. So that's very cool to see. He's going Barry to run Kingsley. a new England based car, right? A few times. He is. Yeah. He, he plans to actually be there for the opener next weekend. And we'll be in one of the John Burke cars on a few okay. occasions this season. Okay, so he's running a New England-based car, and I know uh, I just heard Barry Kingsley, and I had seen it when you put it out, that Mike Bruce is actually uh, going to get a shot as well. He's kind of replacing Greg O'Connor. Explain the situation there. Yeah, so Mike's going to be stepping into the seat of the 72 car, and that's another 
Craig Soper car, like we mentioned in the interview. And what's cool about that is it's also another tribute car to the Hollenbeck family. Bobby Hollenbeck, who passed away, a longtime Supermodified fan. Son was racing go-karts at the Carway. And the family also just got to see that scheme revealed to them a couple weeks ago, which was also, as you can imagine, I'm sure very emotional for them. So very nice of, of Craig to do that and kind of pay tribute to those two families, two great racing families. But, yeah, Mike, small block super veteran, really good wheelman, and I think he's going to be a really, really solid addition to the class. Greg, just super busy. He's building a two-car small block team this year and didn't feel as though he could quite have everything ready in time. And said, Craig, I think I'm going to step back and focus on my limited effort. And that's when Craig approached Mike Bruce. And Mike has taken advantage of the opportunity so far and is really going to town trying to get the car ready to go. Well, uh, that's uh, a great opportunity for Mike, and it's good that Greg is doing the two-car team in SBS. Uh, tell us real quick, we've got about uh, 15 minutes left or so, let's talk a little bit about some of the other guys in the um, 350 division, and we'll move to SBS and talk about them as well. Sure, yeah. So the other guy I wanted to hit on was Dalton Doyle. He's actually going to be in the former Sorrell Iron Mistress Super Modified and you probably know a little bit more about that car than I do. If you wanted to touch on that for a second, yeah, that's uh, if I if I if I know which car it is, I think that's the uh, old Hawk. I think it's a Hawk chassis, and I think it was the car that uh, Doug Didero and Dave McKnight and gosh, I don't know yeah. who else uh, drove at different times. So uh, that's going to make an excellent 350 car, I think, and certainly good equipment. Now, are, is Sorrell Racing fielding that car? for Dalton, or have they sold it to Dalton, or how is that working? I'm under the impression, as far as what I've read, that it's still part of the Sorrell Racing Stable, and Dalton is going to be driving the car for the Sorrells. Wow. Which is neat. So you've got a super-modified team actually fielding a small block. I love that. I think that's awesome. I hope we see more of that uh, in the future. I know it's tough. It's tough enough to field a super, let alone try to field a small block, but um, it's good to see that happening. It is really good to see that happening, and it's actually nice for the Sorrells because it's going to be the first time that they're fielding not only two but three cars this year between Doyle, Michael Barnes, and Dan Kapazinski, who's going to step into the other Super Modified. It's actually a 1994 Graves chassis, the car he'll be on the track with. Oh, okay. Okay, it's the Graves car. I got you. Okay. Okay. Um, that's uh, that's going to be really, really interesting. I'm I'm excited to, to see some of these older cars coming out, and I'm excited to see how they match up in the small block division with some of the newer cars. Um, but, yeah, that car has also had quite a history, and so good opportunity for Dalton to move up. Who else we got? We have a few New England guys. John Burke is registered with his 01 car. He's actually the race advocate for 350 Smack and plans to support Oswego a lot this season. Steve Dufoli will be down with a Vic Miller racing car, which is also really neat. It's kind of identical to Chris Purley's ISMA scheme. So yep. for any fans that are wondering if Chris Purley's in the car, he's not. It's Steven. Um, he'll be a nice addition when he does come down. I'm not exactly sure what their plan is. Dave Sanborn and John Leonard have also registered a couple of New England cars, and they were here for a 350 Smash show last year. And I'm hoping that they'll be out here to support us as much as they can, too. 
Excellent. It's, it's a good starting point for the 350 class. And, of course, SBS still got a nice field of cars set to uh, go this year as well. A couple of new additions there. And, of course, a lot of returnees. The champ, uh, Lacerdo, uh, at least back with the car. Uh, again, you're saying you're not sure how much of the season, um, but he has got the car and is still back. I know um, the double zero of uh, Dave Tulip is back as well, right? Uh, tell us who else we can expect to see. That's right. It's nice to have a good quality team like Missile Motorsports back fielding two cars. I know there were a lot of people that were kind of worried with the, the crate change and me being one of those people. It's it's a big undertaking for a class, a local class. It's the only place we run that class to go through such a big rule change over to the crate motors. But a lot of drivers knew it was coming. A lot of teams, I think, kind of prepared for it. And there's a lot of new guys kind of throwing their names into the mix. So I do think we're going to have a pretty good field, Missile Motorsports fielding two cars. And I'm also really excited to have the Bartlett family back at the track this year yes. fielding another two-car team, Russ and Travis Bartlett. So that will be very fun to watch those guys kind of return to Oswego action for the first time in really about a decade. It's been quite some time. Yeah, I think the crate change is a good change. The main con- the main concern with the crate, I know from other tracks and other situations, is always you know how strict the tech is and, and how much you keep uh, right. the guys in line. And as long as that happens, I think that crate motor is going to be a, a real positive change for that division because it lowers the cost for that class. And then uh, I think you're, you have that next logical step, like we've been talking about, to the 350 class for, for those folks if they desire to do that and have the opportunity to so uh like what i'm seeing uh who else we got on the list for sbs this year i couldn't agree more with you i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this crate thing turns out i think some people are going to say oh there's only 15 16 cars well yeah that's going to be the case some weeks but i've heard from more cart drivers quarter midget drivers who've said to me are there any small block supers for sale i want to get a crate motor i want to go racing at oswego and i Definitely think the car counts will be a little bit smaller than last year, but moving forward, it's going to grow. We have a pretty solid roster for our first year. Tim Glenn Sr. hasn't raced in two decades, and he will be back with a Cameron Rowe team car. Nice. Scott Davis, I believe, purchased the Cameron Black 23. I'm not even sure of his background. He's from up north, but Black's decided they wanted to get out of the small black racing. We now have a new face stepping in, which is great. Jim Babcock back in the 15 car. Steve Flack has moved over kind of to his own team this year. He has two cars signed up, the 23 and also the 32. And Rookie of the Year last season, Josh Nikolic, a great, great addition. Tons of talent. He'll be back full-time as well. Yep, that's great. Uh, yeah, definitely a, a healthy roster, and I know we'll get to talk about that more as we get closer to opening day and uh, to see kind of how things settle out in any last-minute adjustments and changes. Uh, MSS, I want to touch on them for a little bit, the Midwest Super Modified Series. They're actually getting a start next week as well, and that's a series that I really was almost looking at that kind of Midwest situation almost in panic mode last year wondering if it was just if it was going to survive and how it was going to be this year and it looks like as much as Oswego seems to be on an upsurge and Isman Oswego working together is a good thing MSS uh, it seems like in the Midwest it's it's in small bites but it seems like uh, things are headed in the right direction out there too with a nice schedule. 
it does really seem that way. The MSS and the May family, they really turned everything around starting last season. It's grown over the offseason. There's a lot of different drivers, different teams throwing themselves into the mix, too. And it's unfortunately, it seems to be sort of a rarity more so that we see brand new names and brand new super modified teams getting involved these days. It's your teams that have been around a long time, some, some small black graduates, maybe some 350 graduates now, but these are names that I've never heard of before that are involving themselves in super modified racing in the Midwest, and that's very intriguing to me. Well, it's intriguing and it's positive. You like seeing that kind of new interest because that's what you need. You've got to have new people coming into the class, no matter what the class is. Doesn't you know, supers, late models, whatever. You got to have new people constantly coming in because that's what keeps the class going. Because obviously, every year there's always one or two that retire or go do something else or whatever, and so you need that interest. And I'm happy to see that in the Midwest. One of the the things that I just saw this week is that. Uh, now, uh, Holland Speedway, which became Hillside Buffalo, is now back to Holland right. with the original owner. And now there's some question about whether the MSS race there is even going to take place. What do you know about that? I don't know much, unfortunately. A couple people have asked me, and I, I don't know what the deal is. I'm, I'm hoping that it wouldn't change anything. I would hope that the original owner who owned it before it switched over to Hillside Buffalo last year would still welcome them with open arms. I'm not sure what the financial situation is. I'm not sure how many races they're going to hold. So I guess we're all just going to kind of have to sit back and wait and see what happens. Definitely would like to reach out to uh, representatives from MSS and maybe we can have them join us on our next show here one of these next few weeks to have them touch on it. Uh, I'm going to aim to to shoot for next week to get somebody on to talk about that. And uh, that's that's really, uh, I hope that can still come off. That that poor track has been through so much in such a short time, just like Lancaster has. Lancaster seems to now be stable again. Um, and now we just got to get Holland uh, to be back in place the way it was. And uh, right now, the owner is kind of being tight-lipped. He says that there's a lot of improvements that need to be made uh, to the place and a lot of things he wants to do that, you know, there is going to be racing, but he's he's not really committing to exactly what and when yet. So I'm hoping that the MSS date can remain there. It would be a good opportunity for those guys to get up to New York State on a really one of my favorite tracks up there. It's it's so high-banked and so much fun to, to, to watch races there. Um so we'll have to see what happens there, but we'll keep everybody up to date on the situation with Holland and with the MSS series as we find things out. Stay tuned to the Inside Groove social media for all of the latest information on that, and we are going to try to have um, a representative from MSS on next week's show if we can get to them in time. So. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that. We've got a few minutes left, Cam, and and uh, it's always fun to give some credit to the folks who deserve it. And we talk about drivers, we talk about teams all the time, but the Oswego Speedway has got not only, obviously, some of the hardest working people in the sport in terms of the safety crew and, and you know, even um, obviously John and Eric for uh, keeping things going up there and keeping super modified racing alive. But 
you know, maybe we've got an opportunity here. Uh, who who do we need to give some credit to for making things happen over the winter at uh, the Speedway? And, of course, if we don't get everybody in this time, we certainly can in future shows because I want to make sure that everybody gets their due. It's not just the drivers and teams. It's all about the people behind the scenes, too. Is there anybody in particular that we should be giving a thumbs up to uh, from Oswego that uh, has really helped make this season come together the way it has? Definitely. I want to give a thumbs up to my coworker, Paul Conzone. He stepped in yes. last year and kind of took over the marketing duties, office duties. He's handling sponsor stuff. He's handling ticketing. He's answering the phone, answering emails, taking care of registration, coordinating stuff back and forth, all the emails between management and the race teams. And he's done a fantastic job. He's very organized, very passionate, works really hard, and is one of the easiest guys I've ever worked with. And I'm happy that he's on board, and also Steve Quantz as well. He's a good friend, and he's been a great help and a great asset to the track with some marketing stuff as well, some media. He's going to be kind of fronting a new deal we're doing this year with the scoreboard and the Jumbotron. We're going to make that a little more interactive and enjoyable for the fans. Oh, nice. I'm excited to see the tools he's going to use this season. He does a great job, too. Okay, you teased us. Can you tell us a little more about that? We, got, we, we definitely would like to hear a little more what's going on with that. It's kind of a little bit of a tease. It's going to be sort of maybe a trial and error thing, I guess I'd call it. We just want to use it. It was a huge investment for the racetrack, and I think one of the things that maybe even John and Eric regret over the course of the past few years is not using the Jumbotron to its full potential. And we just we want to use more replays. We want to use highlights. We want to use it for our marketing partners, for some advertising and stuff like that, commercials. So there's going to be more opportunities and more ways to advertise with the racetrack and it's also going to be very fan friendly like i said we're going to show replays some driver interviews and hopefully we do maybe have a new infield announcer this year that's going to be like the dan johnson was several years ago that went over to the accident scene and our goal eventually is to be able to have a camera over there interview a driver right after the accident Oh boy! Right back on the jumbotron. <laughs> well, that could be interesting at times. That's for sure. Uh, but that's uh, that's great. It's good to good to see that. I know uh, Bob Bogowitz is on the entry list for the. Uh, the super modified division this year. So hopefully not that we didn't let, enjoy hearing him doing the uh, infield stuff last year, but hopefully he'll get to trade that for his driver's suit back and get back on the track where he belongs. Cause I know that that's something he would like to do. And hopefully we'll get to see that uh, as this year goes on. So uh, gosh, we got through uh, another program <laughs> relatively unscathed <laughs> here and we hope that everybody's enjoying this. Um, a couple of things for those who listen to these shows uh it makes a big difference for us and for those who support the show if in addition just to listening to the show if you'll take the time to just hit the subscribe button on our soundcloud page uh and also to share the show put actually share it to your wall uh and let your friends we know that there are tens of thousands of super modified fans all over the country and we need everybody who's listening to this show to be active and engaged and sharing it because 
between all of us, we can reach a lot more people than, uh, you know, I can or Cam can just by ourselves. So um, we need you guys to share this, like it up, respond to it, give us your comments. And we're going to, uh, of course, have another show next week. It'll be opening week for Oswego. We're really excited about that. MSS opening up. Isma's on the cusp. So uh, for Camden Proud and for our sponsors, IPC Indy and Skip's Fish Fry. I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for listening to episode two of the Inside Group podcast. Have a great weekend. Get out and enjoy some racing. God bless and be safe. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit RaceChaserMedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliate, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.